0: FM to get started. Peace.
1: Today's show is brought to you by the anatomy of marriage app, the couples counseling app. That's fast, fun, and never boring. Take your marriage to the next level with interactive communication tools, quick and easy educational videos, conversation starters, sexy bedroom games, and so much more. Get the anatomy of marriage app in the app store or Google play today. Hello, and welcome to the Anatomy of Marriage podcast. I'm your host, Melanie Studley.
0: What's up, my friends? My name is Seth Studley. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, and we are beyond excited to have a really cool guest on today with over 550 podcast episodes, I believe. Today, we have Larry Hagner from the Dad Edge podcast. What's up, my man?
2: What's going on, guys? Man, I'm psyched to do this. Plus, like your last name. I mean, come on, Studley. (laughs) Nah. (laughs) Right? It's Good a little bit happen.
1: better than Hagner. <laughs> yeah, just
0: and a lot better than Larry, let me tell you. <laughs> you know, that's funny. I was listening to uh, some of your shows, and you're like, yeah, I don't know any other Larrys. And uh, that's that's what you were saying. And I came to think of it. I had an Uncle Larry, you know, when I was like 12, <laughs> but he was like a 1,000. And, <laughs> and I, But it's cool. It's a cool, it's, it's solid. You know, it's like, Larry, okay, that's the dude. <sighs> well, Everybody's so got for- a... Yeah, oh, yeah. Ahead.
2: Everybody's everybody's got an Uncle Larry. And usually Uncle Larry is like, Are we are we gonna invite him this year?
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> it was kind of like that. He rode Harley's and worked on cars, and it was yeah, kind of cool. N- gnarly Laurie. <laughs> Laurie. <laughs> yeah. But again, thanks for uh coming on. If you could do us a favor and introduce yourself to our podcast listeners, we have a lot of well, we're a marriage podcast, right? So we have a lot of obvious married couples and some dads, some husbands that need some advice. So tell us a little bit about what you do over at Dad's Edge.
2: So, yeah, thank you very much, by the way. So Dad Edge, it's been around since, I mean, it's been, the podcast has been around for five years. It was founded mm-hmm. under Good Dad Project back in 2013. And I would say that's like the umbrella. But really, I mean, the work I'm doing today with, with dads and, and, and marriage is like a cornerstone for us too. I love talking about marriage. I'm, mar- I'm married to an absolute, Amazing woman. Um, we have four boys 14, 12, <laughs> six, and yeah. four. Last time I counted, if you ever want to know what that's like raising four <laughs> boys, just imagine a drunk fraternity party you never leave, right? <laughs> and, and no one never ever clean sleeps. up. <laughs> I, never, I just went downstairs and I was like, Why are there Frito bags on the ground? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> it is every day, every yeah. day, and yeah, so. But I, I really, my whole story, man, it started with struggle. Uh, I, you know, I, I grew up in a house. Unfortunately, it was a really, really chaotic upbringing. I can I can go deep on that if you want. But basically, my mom was married three times. I I didn't know my biological father. They got married. They were married for four years. They had me. They after they had me, they got divorced. He left. Um, my mom got remarried when I was five. Divorced when I was ten. I still have yet to see that guy. I ran into my biological father by accident when I was twelve. Mm-hmm. We had a very brief six-month relationship. He was remarried, two-year-old son, another another one on the way. We we kind of had a conversation where he was like, "It's complicated. I don't think I can do this right now." Yada yada yada, and he left again. Uh, my mom got remarried. A one more time dated several men in between, but it was always, it was always the same guy, like toxic, alcoholic, kind of a crazy situation. So when I was 30, I'll wrap this up here. When I was 30, I was sitting in a Starbucks in, here in St. Louis and I was there for a meeting and who comes walking in for his morning coffee with my biological father. Mm. And like, I felt like the world stopped for a second and I was like, wow, I can't believe this. And, and the person that I was with who worked with me, knew about him and she's like, What are you gonna go say? And I'm like, Well, nothing. It's been 30 years, right? Mm -hmm. So uh she went up to him and he came over to the table. We talked. And long story short, here we are 15 years later, my father and I still have a we we have a good relationship. I still married to the same woman. I have two younger half brothers that I see often get along great. But here's what I can tell you the reason I'm doing the work I am today is because I was raised with an example of what not to do. I think for the most part, you know, there was a lot of physical, mental, emotional abuse. Uh, half my childhood was spent without a man there, without a father figure. So I really, I really did not know what I was doing. I knew all these things of what not to do. But so like Melanie, you're a producer, right? And audio. So it's almost like you going to your job and it's like, okay, this is your first day on the job. Here's 100 things not to do. Right. Best <laughs> of luck. Right. And said right. same same thing with counseling, right? Okay, if when this couple comes in, here's a hundred things not to do. So it really left me in limbo. I'm like, okay, well, I don't know what to do. And then unfortunately, when my 12-year-old was four, so eight years ago in 2012, I had a really dark, dark night. And that dark night was um, my four-year-old did something, stepped out of line. I spanked him. I'm not here to talk about whether spanking is right or wrong. I never really want to do it. I spanked him, but I spanked him so hard he hit the ground. Mm-hmm. And when I went, when I went to help him up, he shuddered with fear. And I was like, oh my gosh, I just mm-hmm. saw myself. And that was a real big aha moment for me. And it was that night that I was like, this has got to change. Yeah. I don't know what I'm doing. I feel powerless. I'm sick and tired of like, yeah, everything's good and fine, fine and good. I'm miserable. My marriage was mediocre at best. I didn't know how to nav- navigate those waters. And it was at that moment I was like, I'm just going to be a student. Of this and I'm just gonna learn and that mm-hmm. turned into a blog five years ago turned into a podcast now we've got an amazing community uh, but it <laughs> still a student uh, the, the cool thing about doing conversations like this is you guys know mm-hmm. man this is a front-row seat to an absolute amazing education mm-hmm. yeah
0: yeah it, it's crazy because uh, I think and, you know and this is just the, the normal Seth talking not the therapist or podcast person or whatever but we have to be A student of stuff right because the second that we think you know we get cocky and we're in ego and stuff like oh yeah i got this usually something comes along and just smacks us down like oh i don't have that right you think you got this (laughs) right you know the (laughs) thing about wisdom and i know you're in your 40s i'll be 43 this year i believe and i'm learning the more i know or the, the the wiser i get the more I know I don't know. Mm-hmm. And that's a humbling thing. And that is like a growth thing. And we love talking about growth mindset on the show and family of origin and all kinds of stuff. And I, I really am as a as a psychotherapist, I'm super interested in, okay, Larry, you told us that story. Let's dive into what made you change. You know, when I'm with couples, when they, you know, get a growth mindset or when they want to do better. I just love that that moment because I, I can get a glimpse into it with listeners and with couples that I work with. Oh, this is the time that they change. Why did you change mm-hmm. kind of that come to Jesus moment, uh, you know, kind of thing. And it's just fascinating. Mm-hmm. We had that yeah. in, in our story. We, we've been married right 16 years. Yeah. it's And we we've been married 16 years, just like you and your wife. And we didn't know what we were doing, right. you know, from family of origin, there were good things there were not good things about communication, how to be married, how to raise kids and stuff like that. And as we talk about it more, people are like, oh my gosh, you too? What? Mm-hmm. I can't believe this. Yeah. And, and as we're vulnerable, other people get vulnerable with us. And we found that that is the key to growth, right? right? And normalizing this whole entire process. Mm-hmm. You got yeah. a kid, kid coming around? No,
2: the dog, but that's okay. Oh. <laughs> You'll probably hear these kids in the background.
0: Oh, no, no. That's the same thing with us. Like on the morning show, our dog just like lays and howls and stuff. Like, come on, we're doing a show, don't you know? But then the kids coming out. Yeah. One of the
1: things Mm -hmm. I wanted to say as you shared your story, I think it's uh, you said something like, I feel like I'm not in control. I don't know what I'm doing, right? You kind of mentioned that as you were in that moment with your son. And that's the thing that stood out to me. I was thinking about this actually just an hour or two ago as I was driving, that when we were going through our hardest times, um, it's almost like your body takes over. Your mm-hmm. your your mind shuts off when you don't know. Like like you said, you don't have the list of what to do. You only have the list of things you know are wrong, but you really don't know what is right. And you're in a, a situation where you're like, I don't know. And then like your brain just goes into do what you know, smack your kid, yell at your husband, punch him in the face, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. And it does feel like, it feels yeah. like it's like otherworldly, which is terrifying. It's so so terrifying and scary and and crazy. And so what I like to know is what were like the real next steps because you had that moment mm. of you were seeing your son yourself and your son. how did you what was the very next thing that you thought, oh, I gotta do this, I need to read this, I need to like what what did that look like for you?
2: i'll never I'll never forget it. I think I was clueless, just completely lost and clueless and and I had an emotional tie to this because I, I as a kid I really felt what it felt like to have either an absent father or an abusive one because it was one or the other. Mm-hmm. And I made it I I mean, I was so die hard and like this stops here and and I'm gonna do it different. And it's kind of like whatever, whatever you resist sort of persists. It's almost like, right. don't think of elephant. It's like, oh, don't get right. mad and spank. Okay, now I just did that, right? Right. And so what I did was, is I did what any grown adult would do. I went in my office and I distracted myself with social media because that, mm-hmm. that's, you know, that's the way to escape. Right. And I don't, I don't know what it was. And you know, maybe call it divine intervention. I don't know what it was, but it was, I saw this thing in the lower left-hand corner that said, create a page on Facebook. And I clicked it and I don't even know why I clicked it. And the the words good dad project just rolled off my mind and onto that keyboard. And that was exactly Seth, what you were talking about. It felt really, really good because that was the surrender of the ego. I was like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm just done. I'm just going to be a student. I'm just going to be a moron. Okay. I'm mm-hmm. just going to be a complete and total curious idiot that is just going to ask questions. And I really, I created that page because I was like, you know, I'll just, put stuff here that I'm learning. I'm not a guru and I'm not preaching from a pulpit, but Oh, like, Hey, I just found this out or, Hey, I just researched this or, Oh, this is pretty cool too. And then that Facebook page actually gained momentum. I'll never forget this. Melanie, you'll, you'll appreciate this because I was contacted by a mom's group at Uh a church and they're like, Hey, you know, we've been watching your page. We want to know if you want to come speak at, at one of our events. And I'm like, okay, well, how, how many, how many women are there? she's like there's about 300 and i'm like 300
1: <laughs> what and
2: i I'd, I'd only been playing around with this facebook page for like maybe a, 6 months and she and she's like yeah she goes you know we we've, we've really been watching it. we want you to come and talk and i was like uh, a, a, about what and she's like mm-hmm. you know just honestly she's like just a day in the life as a dad you know mm-hmm. there, you don't have to be an expert but we we just want to hear a dad's perspective and i was like oh, okay sure so yeah. I did that. I was terrified, but I did it, and it was so much fun. And it was really cool to do something like that. And then I got asked to speak again and again and again. I was like, "Man, I was like, I wonder if there's maybe something here." And then that's mm-hmm. when we start the blog in two thousand thirteen.
0: Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. Some of, of what you're saying reminds me. I've been reading a lot of Stephen Pressfield lately. You know, uh, do the work and um, what's what's the turning pro, turning pro, and all these things. And he talks about the resistance and what we resist persists like that block if I'm always put I know I should do this I know I should do it but I'm you know coping uh, with with alcohol or social media or work or anything else and it'll always be there and it's really cool we talked about it this morning actually about looking taking a deeper look into that resistance and say okay what am I fighting because that is what I need to go towards Mm -hmm. you know kind of thing and for you it sounds like Oh, I'm fighting this 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 pull, the muse, as uh, um, uh, Pressfield calls it. So leaning into that and going, oh, and it's almost like it gets easier. It's super scary when you when you have to take that dive, you know. But then just like that uh, good dad project, words rolled off your mouth. Boom, that was in you all along, and now you've you've discovered that, and you're leaning into it. And just look where it is today, which is so which is so cool. Yeah, to me. it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Let's get into some other stuff. So, you, I wanted to ask you, well, what led you to create this movement and all this stuff? But you basically asked that. So, I would like to get because I know that, uh, um, Dad Edge podcast is mostly geared towards men and husbands, but I thought it would be cool because I know you have some, I know you've had Meg Meeker on and uh, other folks, who is are amazing. Mac and one, one cool side note, I know you've had Aaron Walker on too, and a little, uh, we had him on our show a long time ago and He's the
1: nicest human. I know. Ever? Just like
0: I was like, Oh my gosh, just just his story is, is really crazy. But I was listening to Order of Man podcast, Ryan Mickler. Yeah and Aaron was on there, and then I just reached out to Aaron, and amazingly, he's like, yeah, I'll come on the show, and then that hooked us up with other Dave Ramsey stuff, and we've had most of the Ramsey personalities on, and all kinds of stuff, so it's just really cool how everything is just right. super interwoven, you know, and I know that you're in St. Louis with uh, Andy Frasilla, which, you know, I've, I'm all over 75 hours. I'm in phase three right now, actually, I which saw is that. totally, yeah, I saw that, yeah, I saw that on three. your
2: show, I saw that on your social, I'm on day 17 of the, just the one nice yeah nice. yeah yeah so but yeah andy's here um i'm actually interviewing him in september but oh, nice. hey man i love Aaron walker
0: he is <laughs> best I, oh, no. I, I,
2: jo- I joke aaron and i are really good friends we're actually really tight i was a member of isi for a long time mm-hmm. actually the reason we have dad edge alliance mastermind it's all because of him oh uh, that's awesome. with, like he was like my mentor. Like he was the guy that literally like kicked me in the rear end, and mm-hmm. he was like, "This is what you need to do." And he mm-hmm. pushed me really hard. And and Dang. he he has been a force in my life. He's he's an amazing human being.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's so that's, cool. That that is awesome. I want to reach back out to him and know, have he's... him on again. But you said you know when other men kind of hand you your ass.
1: Sadly, oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> we don't really cuss <laughs> on our show, but oh, we do my otherwise. Gosh. But Okay, you know, when you get it handed to you from uh, yeah. especially a man <laughs> that you respect and you give permission to do that, then that weighs so much. Right. And, and I, we, we did coaching last year and I, I got mine handed to me again, you know, and mm-hmm. when we were going through all the stuff, I got it handed to me. And I can say those times in my life are the like turning points right. of, okay, dude, you got to pivot. Right, mm-hmm. and it's made all the difference. Not saying that women can't get theirs handed to them too. Well, I think your 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 coach did as well for you. Yeah, but that's just so powerful. But what I wanted to ask was, what are some things that uh, you know? If your wife was on the show, you know, what would she say? Like, you know, one thing that I wish a man, a husband, would get would be X Y Z. And I want to, I want you to lead that off uh, to not just put uh, Larry totally in the in the water. <laughs> Has your wife ever been on the show? She,
2: so we were. I don't know if you guys know Alana Pratt, but she, uh, we were on her show together, uh, yesterday. Oh, cool. And yeah, she's been on my show a couple times, uh, uh, but she's, she's more introverted. Right. But, but she, she did a bang up job yesterday on, on Alana. She was very open about everything.
0: Yeah. So. yeah well that's awesome. That's,
1: that's awesome that's cool so what's your question so what do you mm-hmm. women wish that men understood
0: yeah like or dads uh, understood yeah when, when guys because we we want to most I believe as a as a therapist most people want to do right you know we have a an innate innate desire to to do right sometimes mm-hmm. we don't have the tools because we didn't get them from our family of origin or certain traumas stuff like that but We want to do right. Mm -hmm. And as we're trying to do right, like I want to be the best guy I can be for you Mm -hmm. and for the kids, right? Right. Not only for you, but I want it for myself too, uh, because I believe that's where it starts. But what is most important in a man, in a husband that you can speak to the women too?
1: Right. Let me use this analogy. I use this with my, with my coaching client today. Mm -hmm. And I was trying, she was, she kept telling me, you know, I wish my husband would just tell me things. He doesn't tell me anything. He doesn't talk about his emotions. He doesn't tell me what he's feeling. He doesn't tell me what he's doing. And so there was this big, like this monologue about her saying he doesn't talk to me. He doesn't talk to me. Mm -hmm. And then I had this sort of like weird aha moment of, I said, well, does your husband like sports? And she said, yeah, he like umpires baseball. So Mm he plays sports, likes sports, whatever. And I said, Think about it in a sports analogy. there is no sport other than maybe golf where you aren't constantly communicating about what the next play is, mm. what's the next move, what is our objective. So in baseball, maybe it's the pitcher and the catcher they're saying what the the next ball is going to be is it going to mm-hmm. be a curveball? Is it going to be a slider mm. i don't a scoop. I have no idea <laughs> <A> <laughs> know. Scoop. you know that pitch a right scoop. <laughs> like, um, scoop. you know what I mean, but the, the <laughs> team is constantly In communication about little things all the time. And that means that everyone knows they're on the same page. And I wish that dads and husbands could understand that when a woman says, I want you to talk to me more, Mm -hmm. that's what they mean. Mm -hmm. Tell me the play. Tell me the next. What are we doing? What's our goal? What's our objective? Mm -hmm. How are we going to beat this team, this day, this thing, this, uh, you know, whether it's uh, building a home or caring for our teenager, whatever Mm -hmm. it is it's not that they want you to talk to them like a woman. I mm-hmm. don't want you to talk to me the way I would talk to my girlfriends. Right. I want you to give me like the lowdown on what the, the play is today. Mm-hmm. And, it, and that's the best analogy I can think of. The best topic that comes up over and over for women is they always say, he doesn't talk to me. Mm-hmm. But I think men interpret that um, in a weird way. Like he doesn't talk to me like about girly things. And that's not what we're looking for.
0: About doilies.
1: Uh, doilies. He's just never talking to me about doilies. Right. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, what, what would your wife say to that? Would she, I mean, obviously we all have different relationships, but in general, what do you think?
2: So what she would say of what she wants more of, I just want to make sure I'm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, <laughs> um, so we, we have this, we have this, chat quite a bit. So we have five men in this house, five and four little men and my wife will sit here and tell you without a shadow of a doubt I wish my voice was heard in this home. Because mm-hmm. like, you know, like so for instance, um you know, the, the boys, right? I mean, they they kind of tune mom out, which makes her feel very unimportant under, important, under important, unimportant and underappreciated. I tried to combine those two words. (laughs) And sometimes with, with me as well, like this thing gets me in more trouble than anything else. You know, we've got almost 500 men who are part of our mastermind community. We're crazy busy. Everybody needs something from you at all times. You guys probably know what that is. And sometimes it's very, very hard for me to disconnect. And I have to be very disciplined, very diligent to shut my, not only my devices off, but my mind off. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, and I, I have found ways to do that. I'm a slow learner, Melanie. So, <laughs> and Seth, I'm just a I'm slow learner. All right, I, so. A lot of us are a lot of us are, <laughs> but, um, I have learned some tactics that have helped immensely. It's helped me become a better listener. Uh, better active listener. It's helped me be more empathetic. I no longer try to fix my wife's problems.
0: Mm-hmm. I, stopped yeah. yeah, so
2: try, <laughs> I stopped doing that. Yes. I I stopped doing that a long time ago. I, I, I have, I have a map now of exactly how I interact with her. And that helps me as a guy, because as a guy, I just, I need to keep things very, very simple.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And it, it, but I would, that's what she would tell you. Like, right. mm-hmm. I wish the males in this home heard my voice more often. And I wish mm-hmm. I was heard.
0: Mm-hmm. in a way that she, she's not yelling
1: right? kind
0: of thing. But right. when she says something the first time, then...
1: When, you know what's really funny? Before we got on this call, Seth was telling me that you had Jocko Willink and Leif Babin on your show. Yeah. For one, I love... Jocko Willink and Leif Babbin. Leif Babin. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and what is, what's so funny is when I listened to, uh, what is Extreme it? Extreme Ownership. Extreme Ownership. Yeah. I was literally like putting my makeup on, listening to my audio book, getting ready to do our show. And he talked about some idea of like mission success. Like what does mission success look like? Blah, 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 all these things. And you know what my brain did? Immediately I went, oh. <gasps> My kids don't know what mission success would even look like. So I need to clean their rooms, take a photo, print the photo and put it in a thing so they know exactly what to do. So I took Mm -hmm. tactical Navy SEAL strategies and implemented them in our home. And I tell you what, it is the best thing to do. I will, I'll email you about it. I'll email your wife about it. It's I'm writing best. this
2: down right, right.
1: now. <laughs> right. <laughs> it is so cool. And what's great about it is that they respect it and Seth will be like, you need to follow mom's rules, right? Mm-hmm. These are mom's rules. It's not what she says. It's her rules. We have them yeah. pinned on a corkboard. Each kid gets handed the photo of the room they have to clean mm-hmm. and the standard to which it shall be cleaned. That's right. And, uh, and so it's really funny. It just made me think of that like as you were talking about roadmaps and knowing what you want and all that jazz.
0: You know, you you. Talk- talk a lot about uh, making sure that mom is number one, like your relationship with your wife, basically, is number one, right? Yes. And the kids know that. And from a family therapist perspective, we, that's there's a whole theory, structural family therapy, and there's an order to things. And it's not necessarily talking about a hierarchy, you know, like in the, the biblical sense kind of thing, um, which is helpful. Sometimes it's not, but um, the, okay if the kids know, especially our daughter, man, oh my goodness. If, if our youngest daughter knows that me and mom are okay, mm-hmm. then whole, her whole world is just, right. I'm secure. I can be free to be me. I follow the rules. There is safety, right? So we've created that secure attachment for her. And I just love it how you articulate it often. Like, hey, this is mom's time. I mean, mom and dad's time. You know, you guys, we're going on a date. You guys are chilling here. You know, don't burn the house down. (laughs) Whatever. Of course, we we don't leave our kids home. Uh, No, not yet. They're not quite old. Yeah, but anyway. But establishing that, like, hey, this is so important because it's kind of like working for a company. If you have, you know, say you're an an employee, and the CEO and the you know vice chair or whatever are constantly having open and transparent meetings, stating, you know what, our financials are bombing this year. You know, like quarter one was great, we're doing good, or like you guys. We got to tighten up here, you know, and the kids know that these two people mm-hmm. are in charge. Then that just, it lets them be free to be a kid. You know what I'm saying?
2: I, I totally agree. I mean, my, my wife and I, that's, that's the way we view um, our relationship is we're the foundation. Family is the house. Kids mm-hmm. live in the house and so do we, but we're the, we're the foundation. If we crumble, family's going to crumble. And that's, that's just our view. And I know, you know, a a lot of men and, and, you know, women too, like they'll put the kids first and not to say the kids are not important. Of course, they're incredibly important. Right. Mm -hmm. And they are in our minds, in our house, they're second. And, but they're a very close, like micro mini second. Right. I mean, they're
1: right there,
2: but not, not as much as the, the relationship with my wife and I, it has to be on point. It has to be just cared for. It, it it needs a lot of TLC. It needs a lot of attention. It needs a lot mm-hmm. of emotional care. It needs physical care. It needs mental care. All these things. And we do. We need our, you know, we, we raise these four boys. So we, we do need our time. We do need our space. And you're right. Uh, my kids, it, it's funny. My wife and I have been married for 17 years as of this past week. And my kids... I'll never forget it. Like two years ago. Uh, we don't, we don't fight dirty. We don't hit below the belt. We have Mm -hmm. rules. We have boundaries. When we argue, if we or disagree, we like just call it disagree. I speak to her the same. I'm speaking to you right now. She speaks to me the same, same tone. There's nothing that gets, there's no name calling. There's no Mm -hmm. below the belt. There's no, none of that. It's gentle. Mm -hmm. It, It can be direct sometimes, but direct with a ton of respect. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget a couple of years ago, we were out on our deck and my wife and I were having a disagreement and we were just talking like this. My oldest came up and he's like, are, 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 you, are you guys arguing? And I'm like, we're disagreeing on something. He's like, are you going to get a divorce? And I was like, are you yeah. serious? You know, like, And I was like, you know what, those have a seat, have a seat. Yeah. I was like, this is how you resolve. Like an adult, like you go over and you hit your brother in the head with a pan. That's not the way we do it. Like, just check this out. Have a seat and just watch. This is how adults do it, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and And the other thing too is I'll love my wife on purpose in front of them. Mm-hmm. so I'll compliment my wife. I tell her I love her. I tell her she's beautiful. Like I took the boys camping this past weekend and my wife, you know, gave me a hug and a kiss and all that. She kind of walked out to the middle of the driveway. I pulled I reversed out of the driveway and I just looked at her just, she was there hair in a ponytail in these yoga pants. And yeah, I like I put it in park. I put the car in park and my boys were like, what are you doing? And I was like, just wait here. And I open up the door and she kind of looks at me and I just walked up to her and I just scooped her up, like all the way up. Yeah. And then she's like, oh my gosh. And then I kissed her and I kissed her again. And then I put her down and then we, my boys and I went to the airport. So we actually went camping in the middle of nowhere in Colorado. So we flew out there nice. and I just kept getting these texts. She's like, I can't get that goodbye out of my head. That was just really, really mm. awesome. And then my yeah. boys were even like, even my boys were like,
0: that was awesome.
2: I was, like, yeah, you should, I was like, you should do that with your. Mm-hmm. When you get married, when you have like, do that stuff. Like, right. man, this, yeah, I've known her for 24 years, man. This stuff never gets old.
1: Right. Yeah. That's one of the things that we always say: more is caught than taught. Like people think yeah. they need to teach their children; they don't. You need to model for your children. Model. Yeah. And and I love the fact that you said that you don't argue. You have disagreements, and they're never disrespectful. You you can have a an argument where you disagree on everything, but you don't need to get disrespectful. You don't need Mm -hmm. to be ugly. And showing your children that is one of the most powerful and most important things you can do. And it's one of the most, um, has the biggest return on investment in Mm -hmm. terms of parenting that you can do just modeling this behavior for your kids. And one thing I did want to ask you was what, like, I would love to know some of the stories from dads who are part of your group who have had these big transformations and like what story stands out that really is like, wow, this has changed how they parent or anything that you can think of like that. I'd mm-hmm. love to hear about it.
2: So how they parent or like their marriage? Just,
1: just anything. Like what transformations have you seen that your work has brought about and why, like actually think of it this way. Why would one of our listeners want to go listen to your show? What, what is evidence in your group and what, what are you doing in the world that is bringing change for dudes? Dude change. Through the name of your show. I love it. I'm
2: gonna change it to dude change. That there you dude go. podcast. <laughs> that, that is that is such a good question. So if you listen to the podcast, if you really look at like what the pillars are with our particular show, our mission, our community, it's really five different pillars. It's mastering your personal finances, right? Family finances we're not taught that stuff growing up and we're like right. it really hard. You know that from the Dave Ramsey stuff, mm-hmm. uh, optimizing physical, mental, emotional health. What I can tell you is what happens with a guy when he gets married and has kids. That's usually the thing he just puts on the back. burner Seth, you know this, right? I mean, we right. put that on the back burner first. Right. And we all, here's the, here's the interesting thing. A man will put his physical, mental, and emotional health on the back burner, but he does it for such a noble reason or what he thinks is a noble reason. Well, I've got to take Mm -hmm. care of all these other people. I can't take care of me. And what I think a man usually finds out is if I don't take care of myself, how can I selflessly serve in a more profound way if I'm not doing that? So Mm -hmm. I think a lot of men find that as a miss. Like, wait, I do have to fill my cup first. Otherwise, Mm -hmm. You know, it's not going to be enough creating a legendary marriage. That's, that's another pillar. As you know, Seth, I mean, we're not taught how to do this stuff. And in fact, Mm -hmm. I think it's safe to say that the majority of us grew up in a home that we might've not have had the most optimal example to watch. Right. I mean, and I think in our generation, I'm, you and I are not far off in age. Our dads, man, I think they did, even though I came from a crazy background with this, I think our dads did the best they could with what they had. And yeah. I think they were raised by a generation of, of manly, tough men. You don't feel your feelings. You don't cry. You're stoic. You're a provider. You put food on the table. We're strong. Mm-hmm. I think that really trickled into this last generation that we were raised by. But I think the generation we're seeing now is like, no, mm-hmm. I'm doing this different. I'm going to be in my kids' lives. We've got a generation of dads now that are more hungrier than ever before. Uh, another pillar is connection with your kids and then leadership. Those are mm-hmm. the five pillars. So when you talk about dude talk and you talk about marriage, for instance, uh, communication is extremely hard. It's, again, Seth, you know this, um, and both of you guys do. I'm not trying to pinpoint Seth but because you do what you do, but we have a yeah. very hard time communicating and we have a hard time articulating out and then we have a hard time listening and being empathetic because we want to fix right mm-hmm. so i think the way we look at it is communication that's just one of the foundational elements of 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 marriage right so like for instance if i'm going through something big and it might be my own mental and emotional self sabotage call it even that stuff or maybe it's just something big that i'm overwhelmed with as a man i don't want to tell my wife about that cuz i don't want her to think well, I don't want her to think that I can't handle this, right? right. So I, I shouldn't complain. I'm fine, good, fine, good, busy, mm-hmm. fine, good, busy, busy, fine, good, right? That's what we say. Yeah. So if I have something really, really big on my heart, and I know it might be even something that might overwhelm her, what I'll do is I'll go to what I like to call my board of advisors, my, my trusted group of men. And I'm like, guys, I'm a mess here and here right now. I need to flush some things out, talk things out, and I need to. I need you to help me filter this out so I can tell her whatever it is I need to tell her. So it's not like, (laughs) right
0: Right. on her.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And, and that is, that is really powerful because those men, they can look at just like what, what you guys do. You look at somebody's life in a fishbowl and you objectively like, okay, here's what's going on. Here's how you can probably best communicate it. And then we learn how to communicate. And then from a listening perspective, I no longer feel compelled to fix my wife's frustrations, problems, or whatever else. My job is to hear her, see her, feel connected to her, be empathetic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and sometimes I just simply ask, you know, like, feels like you're really overwhelmed right now. I, I totally yeah. understand that. How can I best support you right now? What feels right? Do you advise, listen, yeah. or teamwork? What, what can we do? Mm-hmm. And she'll yeah. tell me. She'll be like, I just need you to listen. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. I need you to help me figure this out. You did that yeah. with so much
1: sass. Yeah. I just need you to listen. That's
0: the way it should.
2: <laughs> I just need you to
0: listen. <laughs> yeah, I know. And then, okay, then you're like, I'm listening, uh, <laughs> or, or or if I'm not, then there's, I'm in trouble, right? So, yeah. uh, I love what you're saying. We we talk, we give you know talks on communication and stuff, and oftentimes, and the research bears this out. It's exactly what you're saying. Men want to fix, right? And if if Melanie has this problem that I think, okay, let's get it. Let's attack it. Let's fix it right on. What am I not doing? I'm not listening to her Mm because oftentimes Melanie wants one of two things, right? She wants me to help and fix or just to listen to her vent, right? Mm -hmm. So if I ask her that, hey, is this conversation something that you need my help on? Do Mm -hmm. we need to strategize? We need to work through something or are you just talking right now? Mm -hmm. So what does that do for me? I'm like, Okay. If she wants me to fix, then I can go in that mode. Right. Or if she wants me to listen, then I take the fixing mode off the table. It's not like running computer storage in my brain <laughs> and I'm there for her. So it kind of like, well, not you're, kinda, you're either
1: like putting your work clothes on or you're sitting down in the lounger to Right. Let's, let's them. sit yeah. on the
0: couch. Let's have a conversation. And she, I, it, it, it really, it really, really works. Right. And I was listening to a show that you did with uh, Chris Voss, which is unbelievable. He's just a <gasps> a madman oh, you. Of, of Aaron Walker is your best
1: friend. Chris Voss <laughs> is on your show. <laughs> feel you. Willing. you have what all is. these
0: connections. I'm like, okay, let's talk offline. I want to interview all these people because I've read all their books, right? Oh, so yeah. are you. And anyway, uh, Chris Voss, um, what is his book? Uh, I don't- Never Split the Difference. Never Split, never the, split difference, the Difference, right? Difference. And I was reading that as like, okay, you got to be this way in corporate. And if you're going to do this deal and this deal, but you reframed it for me differently. Uh, it's like, well, no we're just learning to communicate without any room for error or miscommunication. Mm -hmm. And can you imagine how many hours of a couple's lives they would have back if they knew these couple of things? Yeah, years. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. It's such a huge thing. I'm I'm a fanboy of Chris Voss. (laughs) And actually on that podcast, I can't remember what minute it was when my six-year-old came walking in Mm
0: -hmm. and Chris is like,
2: Who's this guy? You know how he talks. Yeah, like and Lawson. My six-year-old goes. I'm Lawson. He's like, "What's up? I'm Chris." And he's like, "Hi, Chris. I like your hat." Like it was hilarious. But uh, yeah, Chris Chris Voss. Like he his his whole thing on communication. I can't even tell you how many times I've read his book and I've watched his master class.
0: Mm-hmm. That
2: whole thing with tactical empathy, uh, labels, mirroring, like all those things. You know, it just. It has completely changed the game of communication with my wife and I and my kids, people I work with. And it's it's truly amazing, like, cause especially if I'm looking to use tactical empathy or labels or mirrors, I'm literally hanging on every word that my wife is saying. Because mm-hmm. I'm I'm listening for like what is going on here, you know, like mm-hmm. what are the words she's using? What are the body what's the body language? What's her facial expressions? And that's what I told Chris on that interview. I was like, you don't understand, like, not only is your book amazing techniques to communicate, but it makes you a very active listener because you're hanging on that person's every word.
0: Mm-hmm. And,
2: and he, uh, he agreed. He's like, yeah, that's part of it. Yeah. That's definitely part of it. Yeah. yeah.
0: And how good does it feel when you have a conversation with a, with a buddy or, or, or a coworker or with your kids or your wife and you know that they are listening, you're like feeling heard and seen feels amazing. Oh right, right. Right. So it's not only a gift that we can give, uh, it's a gift that we can receive also Mm -hmm. as we learn together. One thing that this is going to circle back around. So we're talking about communication and uh, how do we do marriage? How do we do finances? Nobody taught this stuff in school. And this comes back around to family of origin, right? More is caught than taught, you know? So there's certain things that you didn't catch because your dad wasn't there you know and the things that you caught maybe weren't the best lessons Mm -hmm. and you know you talk about generational stuff my dad was uh, a very similar way his dad wasn't around he left he was in world war ii and then just poof had a kid and left right in and out of his life so where did he learn things from he tried to do the best that he could with me and so now that we realize these things i think that we all like mature adult people men and women once you learn something you have a responsibility to carry that out, you know, because you can't see, you can't unsee things that you've seen, you know? So if I know something, if there's somebody listening to this podcast right now and here's a new thing, it's like, Oh my gosh, that is brilliant. I never heard that anywhere else. Cause we're all brilliant, brilliant here. Right. I <laughs> uh, never heard that anywhere else. If they don't apply it, then it really didn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. Right. So we have a responsibility to, to change. And I really like talking about uh, how, what kind of advice can we all give our listeners just right now? Like if you didn't grow up with this kind of thing, Mm -hmm. what is a a good kind of soft entry foray into this? You know, um, for me, I'll answer my own question. Maybe it's, you know, I'm feeling this cognitive dissonance with how I communicate with my wife or these kids. It's like, ah, something's, something's not right here, but I don't know what it is. Mm -hmm. Let me go figure that out. Mm -hmm. Right. Just, just step into it. Just start, you know, uh, just start. Mm-hmm. So what about you and what about Larry?
1: Well, do you want to go first? You go first.
0: So,
2: yeah, are you talking about like just taking just I guess nuggets from from marriage? So, yeah, just
0: you know, what what advice would you give someone who feels this cognitive dissonance that we all feel? Yeah. Just like the first kind of step. Like in, they want to change, society. they want to grow,
1: yeah. all that stuff.
2: So, as far as cha- as far as marriage is related? Is that yeah. what? I mean, I... does yeah. So, well, okay, well, let me start with the beginning then as far as, I I think you have to be okay with not knowing what the hell you're doing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like literally, it sounds so simple, right? But like before I would take that, it was like, I don't want anyone to know that I don't know what I'm doing. But now (laughs) it's just like, I don't know what I'm doing, right? Yeah. yeah. Because I think what that does is that makes, number one, it makes us more relatable, you know, I mean, no one relates to the guy who is like, I know everything. Mm -hmm. Right. And have you seen my Lamborghini and my driver over here? Oh, right. Yeah. No one likes that. But it's like, we can all relate to the people who have imperfections. You know, those are the things that we enjoy the most in each other. And I think if you can surrender that ego, and I think so many people think of ego as like, oh, they're full of themselves, but ego protects us from things. Right. And Ego, when you drop the ego and be like, you know what, man, <laughs> I just, I don't really know what I'm doing. I think that always puts you in a state of, of curiosity, appreciation mm-hmm. and curiosity for, for lessons to learn from other people. And that's one, one of the things like, I mean, I'm, you guys are going to come on my show. I can't wait to have you on my show because I get to learn from you guys, you know, mm-hmm. who have been doing this for so long. So I think one thing is like, it is totally okay to not know what to do. Mm-hmm. And it's really cool to ask questions and to ask questions who are people who, who are ahead of you in life. Like I did with Aaron Walker. Like, I don't know what to do. He's like, you don't know what to do. Let me tell you. What to do.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Um,
2: But the, but the other thing too, is as reg- as it pertains to marriage, this is some tough love. Okay. It's okay that you don't know what to do in your marriage. It's okay if you don't know how to communicate. It's okay if you don't understand the family finances. It's okay if you don't know how to talk about sex and intimacy and all these other things. It's not your fault because mm-hmm. we're not taught that stuff growing up, usually. It is your fault if you don't do something about it. Right, and That's where that ego, I think, really comes into play of like, oh, no, don't ask. Like, no, Don't do that. You don't want anyone mm-hmm. to know you don't know what you're doing. And if you need help, like Seth, I'm sure you understand with, with people come to you and talk to you in your practice that if I need to go see a counselor, that means I'm broken. I'm messed up. right? I'm messed up. But here's the other thing too. It's like, well, what does the word counselor mean to you? Oh, it can mean like this. Well, what is a coach? Oh, a coach. Like, well, tell them, teach me how to do it. What's a mentor? Mm -hmm. Oh, a mentor is this. Well, isn't a counselor the same thing? Right. Exactly. Exactly. He's got more experience. You know, it's coach, mentor, counselor. Mm -hmm. So it's okay to not know. And then as far as marriage goes, I honestly think one of the easiest things to do is to pick up Gary Chapman's book, The Five Love Languages. Mm -hmm. Like I felt like the sky opened up (laughs) and I was like, oh my gosh. Like I know physical touch and words of affirmation are totally my love language, but that's how I would yeah. love my wife. And I'm like, why doesn't she understand me? And she's like, you, right. mean, you don't get me, you right. know, like yeah. her, her love language is acts of service and quality time. So like tonight, like I know she's burnt out on these four drunk people that we're raising together. <laughs> so I call I called up her friend. I'm like, Hey, Jill, Jessica needs a night out. Can you <sighs> here just schedule, go get your nails done go get a couple of drinks. And I told my wife that she's like, She's like, I'm going out tonight. I'm like, yes, you are. Ah, She's, nice. Oh, That's awesome. Thank you. I need a break. I was like, I know. Yeah, You're I about
1: to a have break. a fifth drunk kid in your life. I know, right? Oh,
0: no, please. No. Oh, <laughs> right. That's You're funny. starting your own frat house. Right, um, right. Yeah, that, that's, that's crazy. I, I think that those points are so key. It's like uh, you, you just have to start somewhere. Right. And ego will say, no, don't start, you know, because people will judge you and all this stuff. But you have to push back, as Pressfield talks about, push back against that resistance of mm-hmm. ego. While ego protects you, it also holds you back right. too in right. a lot of ways. So deciphering which one you're dealing mm-hmm. with is, yeah. is hugely important. So uh, I want to kind of you know, be on the, the tail end of this. And I want to ask you a couple of questions um, today, right now. What is something that is just bringing you jazz? Like it, you know. What? What? I noticed a guitar back there. You know, maybe you're shredding. You know, getting some sick licks on. You know, I don't know your side project or something. That's the
1: name of his band. Sick licks. Licks.
0: Yeah, this sounds almost too change
1: in the sick licks. (laughs)
0: Right. But but, uh, really, what what are you into? Just like right now, the last two days, you'd be like, yeah, just kind of caught up in this. It's been so cool. So this is my
2: second go with seventy five hard. Uh, I yeah. did it last last year about this time. I loved it. Uh, yeah. I'm a huge fan of of Andy Frisella. I Actually, it's funny. I used to go get checked out by Andy when he ran his very first supplement superstore <laughs> twenty years ago. Like what? I rem- I, rem- I remember the mattress in the back. Like that's uh, so cool. He he bought the location from. A guy that I used to go, like, I used to buy supplements from, and then Andy yeah. bought it. and I'm like, oh, and then I, I, like, Andy, what's up? And now he's like, Andy, you know, so, <laughs> yeah. uh, but I would say the things that's got me really jazzed is that, uh, my, my health, I mean, for the past, gosh, I mean, it's probably been 25 years. Um, I mean, I've, I've, I, I've, I was a fat kid growing up. I mean, Larry, who's fat, like, I never <laughs> had a date ever, like, oh, no. <laughs> until I was like 18, but, yeah. uh, like, I, I love health. Um, I'm in the, you know, I'm in the gym every day. Um, I love eating healthy. I love doing the 75 hard again. And Mm i me really jacked up kind of a quick, funny story about the guitar. Uh, So my oldest boy, he plays saxophone and bass guitar. My other son who's 12 plays drums. And one, one day I'm driving them home from the actual like music school that I take them to. And then my 12 year old, who's very, bullish and tough and he's like dad he's like have you ever wanted to play an instrument i was like dude i've always wanted to play guitar like always and he's like well why don't you get off that phone in the waiting room and hire an instructor like the rest of the parents
0: Uh, stop being
2: a parent get in on these lessons go get a guitar and i was like okay and i've been playing guitar for six months it is the hardest i'd rather do the 75 hard all year Uh, that is the hardest instrument I've, right. I've, I feel completely idiotic trying to play that. It I, has I more do.
1: strings than you have fingers on one hand.
2: Oh my gosh. I feel like it's like rubbing your head, patting your stomach, right. walking, chewing bubble gum at the same time while trying to have a conversation. Like it's yeah. really
0: hard. Yeah, it, it's, it's crazy. I'm, I'm a drummer and I was in a, a touring band and stuff and drumming just came easy to me. And oftentimes people would say like, you're moving all everything. four. You're moving everything, right? I, don't Even know how you I do do like it. Yeah. it's it, it it i never took a lesson a day in my life right it just came to me and i don't know so I, I get playing the guitar you know i'd pick up you know when we're like backstage or whatever just like oh strumming around on the guitar but it is infinitely harder than anything i've ever done on drums so i i get that but your kid saying that
1: that's awesome
0: is really freaking awesome air
1: five to your kid yeah yeah, that's yeah really
0: really a, air five five, kid yeah so that's
1: so fun. okay i was just gonna tell you that you're gonna love this Uh you know our last name is studley right our I middle know. son's name is tough Really tough, studly t u f f. Yeah, Studley. tough studly.
0: Yeah. No, no one's gonna mess with him.
1: I know, I know, it's I know. great, but
0: it's funny. He's our second kid, too. And I, you know, I heard you talking about uh, you know, sometimes birth order and stuff like that. Your second kid is like the one that is the I know, the he, bull, you know. So I'm like, okay, we got our work totally cut out for us. Um, I
1: always say I should have named him gentle, yeah, gentle, <laughs> easygoing, stud. studly, <laughs> kind, should have yeah. been what I named him. Yeah,
0: but Larry, thank you, man. It's been a blast. I've had such. Uh, I don't know and enlightenment just listening listening to your podcast you know gearing up for for this show and just all the amazing guests that you've had and what you're doing with dad's edge our dad edge and the alliance and stuff like that is so cool so I just want to personally thank you from a dad to a dad who is very similar in age. We probably like a lot of the same things. So right right on, you know, like thumbs up to you, man. Good job.
1: Yeah, you're changing lives all over the world, changing generations and you should be air five to you for changing generations and do change. Uh, So actually before we wrap up though, tell everyone where they can find out everything they need to find out about you. Where should they go?
2: So probably the easiest place to go is gooddadproject.com. Not to confuse the audience with that edge. We'll probably right. be rebranding everything, you know, at some point, but just it's not on our radar right now. We're doing too many other important things. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find the podcast, I think everywhere. I don't, I don't know any place it's not played. We're actually, I think the only place we're not on right now is Pandora and we're trying to get on that. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as masterminds and the Alliance and all that stuff, you can go to gooddadproject.com forward slash Alliance for that. We've got an application for that. We have about five hundred. Men who do life with us every day, every week, every month, uh, we just help those men optimize those five dimensions we we're talking about. But the, you know, the interesting thing is, is that you know, I would say seventy percent of our conversations revolve around creating that legendary relationship, that legendary marriage that men really want. But yeah, that's mm-hmm. the that's the best way to find me. That's
0: awesome. awesome! Yeah, this is inspiring. Uh, I think yeah, that that awesome marriage. Then everything just goes top down. It just like it kind of falls into place when mm-hmm. that clicks. We've experienced it. So yeah, man. Thank you so much. And thank you. talk right, to you later. Check them
1: out. See you later. Awesome.
0: See you. Bye.
1: Before we say goodbye, we want to remind you that today's show was brought to you in part by Faithful Counseling. Faithful Counseling is virtual counseling from a biblical perspective. Connect with your therapist by phone, video, or messaging. With Faithful Counseling, you can choose the therapist that's right for your exact issues. And if you aren't driving with your counselor, you can switch. No big deal. Learn more about Faithful Counseling when you visit GetFaithful.com forward slash Anatomy of Marriage. That's GetFaithful.com forward slash Anatomy of Marriage. Start your journey to mental wellness today when you visit Getfaithful.com dot com forward slash anatomy of marriage